glory, Lord, and thanks for everything that you do, Lord, for your many blessings, Jesus, like we've spoken before, Lord. And we know, Lord, they have more work to do, Lord, in our brother Renee's life, Lord. And we patiently wait, Lord, but we know, Lord, that you're in total control, Jesus. And ask you, Lord, for the tithes and the offerings, Lord, multiplying for your vision, Lord, for the things necessary for the church, Lord. And we also, too, now ask you, Lord, to help us to pay attention to your word, Lord Jesus. Remove all distractions from us, Lord, all the things that might be going on in our minds and that we may focus totally and completely on you, Lord. In your name we ask this, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for everything that you do. Amen. God bless you, brother. I'm going to ask Brother Gabriel to pass on up, and let's continue praying for each other, amen, hermanos, and for Brother Renee that he may continue to improve, amen. Amen. God bless everyone, uh, brothers and sisters. God bless you all. God bless the group. Y'all may be seated. What an exciting time it is right now, a joyful time when you uh, start to see what God is doing, amen? When you start to see God's power, when you start to see God's faithfulness, when you start to see uh, the love uh, of two brothers um, and everything that they've sacrificed during this time. And a positive outcome that's happening. Um, Sister Margie mentioned something about being very nervous. And I think we all were anxiously waiting news. Um, uh, not knowing what kind of news we were going to get. But praise the Lord that it was everything that uh, we should expect from our God. Amen. Uh, and as mentioned before, we, we ask for wisdom during this time we all need wisdom during these times of difficulties uh wisdom um in the healing time amen uh we need strength during the pain but we need wisdom during the healing uh and we need to be able to hear god's voice during this time um it's a very intimate time it's a very beautiful time when you can start to hear god um, during this uh, healing time and you start to see God's work because during the pain we start to question a lot of things during the pain we you know the the pain brings out why am I going through this these a lot of emotions but the healing even though there could be pain in it you know you've gotten through some bad things here and now God starts to show you the purpose and starts to encourage you uh, what the second chapter is going to be in this. And I'm, and I'm encouraged by this, and I look forward to seeing what God has done in my brother's uh, life. Um, as mentioned, I've enjoyed telling the story. I've enjoyed, and I, it becomes probably one of those, like, fish stories. You know, I, I think I kind of, I kind of, I kind of, I think I kind of put it into a fish story, you know. You just don't know what you, you, you you're so excited, you're just saying stuff, right? Forgive me. I didn't say the right stuff, but I really, I'm so excited, you know. And then I start hearing, oh, I heard this. And I'm like, oh, really? And then, I, and then I'll tell it my way, you know, and it just becomes probably just a mess. But at the end of the day, we're thanking God every single time we're saying it. Because God's awesome. I mean, God is so awesome. And, you know, Brother, brother Lorenzo and Sister Liz, they kind of robbed us, brothers and sisters. You know, I, it, started, it started reminding me, and I was thinking about messages and stuff like this, and it was hard for me to come up with a message because I thought about how they robbed us, you know. Uh, and it, they reminded me of the, the, the woman with the blood uh, disease, and she went and touched Jesus when Jesus was on the way to go do a miracle. And I felt that, you know, they got, they got a little bit of the front access, but God bless them because I know it was a lot of stress, and they were a blessing to Sister Donna uh, and Brother Renee, uh, late in the midnight hour, amen, literally. So God bless them, and it was, it was great that they had that, and they needed that. And, they, and that was, I guess, Brother Renee's wish uh, and desire there with, that Donna would not be alone. Um, and it's funny that I mentioned Brother Lorenzo and Sister Liz again, uh, because I started thinking about Liz hitting Lorenzo on this trip. And, uh, and it had to do with his driving and it started reminding me of a story with Lorenzo when he got his uh, a, a truck, and he wasn't used to all the technology, and 
Lorenzo will even admit this, that he's not the best when it comes to technology, and his kids are probably showing him, no, Dad, you could do this. What? It has a camera on, on my phone? So, and, and I remember he was telling me a story when he had gotten the truck, and, and all of a sudden the truck just moved on him when he was driving it. Remember when you told me that, I go, what? I didn't even know what it was, to be honest with you. I was like, what are you talking about? Is your truck? You know, Brother Carlos probably has experienced, Brother Manuel's probably experienced it, but um, yeah, he was saying, I don't know what it was. My truck just moved. The steering wheel moved, and I'm like, whoo, de reprendo, Satanás. What is going on here? And he's like, yeah, yeah, and then I found out. I don't even know if, I don't know how you found out if you just looked it up or if you called the dealership or what it was. Lorenzo's not saying anything right now. He's very, very humble in, in this process. But he found out that it had this thing where it's called lane assist. And I'm sure everybody's heard it, seen the commercials of it. When you're driving down a lane and you start to merge a little bit, it kicks you back. It kicks you back into the lane that you're in. And it's kind of freaky when you experience it, right? Because you feel your steering wheel. I know, Brother Richard, if you've, you know, felt those or experienced that, but you feel your steering wheel kind of move and you're like, whoa. And it's just protecting you and those in the other lane. Well, I started kind of thinking about how important it is for us to have this spiritually speaking. Because my son and I were driving, and my son has a tendency of always picking out bad drivers, which is good. And, you know, he's young. He's a young driver, and he'll see somebody, and he's like, well, what's this person's problem? And my wife uh, will, will do it, and I'll do it too when I'm driving, when we're driving. And then we'll drive past them, and they're on their phones, right? Well, my son and I, we saw somebody, and they were texting with both hands and driving with their knees. Now, I've seen people eat and try to do this while they're doing it, but they were literally, they were deep into the text. When we passed them, and I'm like looking, my son was driving, and I'm like looking, and I'm like shaking my head, right? Like, you know, what does this world come to? But you start to think about the distractions in our walk with Christ. We start to think about things that are happening in our lives at times that cause us to get out of our lane. You know, I was having a conversation, and like I said, I've enjoyed these last couple of days because I've got to share a beautiful testimony of brothers here that have maintained themselves. It would have been very easy to have gotten out of a lane during these times, these years that they were going through, struggles. But they held themselves onto God, and God guided them. And I'm grateful to see this and experience this. But I started to think of all the struggles that we go through, all the problems that we go through that get us out of our lane. And accidents we might cause, challenges we might cause in our household because we get out of our lane. And it's a dangerous thing when you get out of your lane. You don't know whose lane you're getting into. You don't know what can happen in that lane. And I like, you know, for, for God to bless us this evening as we talk about a few things. God bless the kids. Just the youth can stay here tonight. If we turn to Hebrews 4.16, we read here, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Llegaremos pues confiadamente al trono de la gracia para alcanzar misericordia y hallar gracia para el oportuno socorro. Hermanos, muchas veces estamos en esta vida y le, le ponemos en cruise control. ¿Saben qué es cruise control? Tu carro. 
Llegarás a un, un uh, ¿cómo se dice? Speed. Velocidad. Velocidad. Y tienes un botón en tu carro que, ahí está bueno. No estoy quebrando la ley. Y los uh, acostumbramos, acostumbramos, de que confiamos que vamos, vamos a estar en eso y todo va bien. No hay carros adelante, 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 adelante de nosotros. Estamos confiados que todo va bien. Pero no se, no se puede tener tanto confianza. Porque un carro puede salir, algo puede pasar. Uh, y es importante, y cuando estamos andando con Dios, que tenemos el mismo al aviso en lo que está alrededor de nosotros. You know, brothers and sisters, I started thinking about the cruise control, and the cruise control was a great thing that was invented, right? You get to relax your foot a little bit, and you know, because you're, if you're doing long trips and stuff like this, you want to know what the cruise control is. But you get too confidence with, confident with the cruise control, um, then that car comes out into the highway, and all of a sudden you're thinking you're hitting the gas, I mean the brake, and you're hitting the gas. Uh, and you must be aware at all times. Because again, people around you are doing their own thing. Uh, and that's the most important thing in your spiritual walk. You got to understand one thing that your spiritual walk is a spiritual walk with God. And it's in a place that a lot of people are walking in a lot of other things and doing a lot of other things. So, with that type of mindset, we can't just assume if we start walking with someone else that we're walking with God. Or we can't assume if. It sounded good the way, you know, it sounds kind of like what I'm doing, you know, because that's where we get deceived. And all of a sudden we find ourselves and we're completely transformed doing something that we weren't because we got out of our lane. And, and, and right now more than ever, our beliefs are being challenged from every direction. And we've got to be very careful on how we are walking with God. And it's your own fault if you can't answer a question on how you believe. It's not God's fault. It's not God's fault that you couldn't answer why you believe a certain way. It's not, your, it's not God's fault if you just say, well, it's just the way my church believes. It takes meditation and prayer with God. It takes God revealing it to you. It takes the word of God speaking to you. But see, what happens when we start to change that lane a little bit and get in, out of a lane is because we don't know how to answer or respond to something. So we even convince ourselves, God is love. I'm going to get in the half lane. I'm going to ride that half lane a little bit. God is love. You're right. He accepts it. Right? That's what everybody wants to hear. They don't want to hear the choose ye today who you're going to serve. They don't want to hear God at the well with the woman who was not even married to the man that she was with. But God had a word for her. God didn't take it easy because he knew that she was in a place Where the water that he had, she would never thirst again. So when we read here in Hebrews, that it's important for us to have confidence in the lane that we're in. It's important for us to have confidence because we hear these miracles. We hear these things that are going on. We hear that our prayers are being heard in moments. And you see, we can't go accustomed to just praying and thinking the next day it's there like Amazon Prime prayer oh I got I pay for Prime prayer I pay for Prime prayer you know it's two days it'll be delivered you see we get so used to the speed of things that that's how we judge things today oh man that service was fast it was good today they got me everything I needed extra tip 
God, we don't understand how God works and how tremendous he is. And when, we're, when even it seems like God's not doing anything, he's doing something. He's making us patiently wait. He's healing us from things that we've carried through the years that we don't want to take when we die. We don't want to take when we're no longer here. And we, more than anything, we want to show those that are, we leave behind that there is a change and there is an improvement. So when it says here, let us, confidence, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, and I understand one thing that it's not us, it's not our strength, it's his grace. And for us to draw near, to draw to it, magnetically we stay in our lane as we're drawing closer to God's grace, not wanting to get lost in the shuffle of what the world offers. And I love here how it says that we may receive, because, see, you're being drawn into something. You know, you always see the movies, right? And you see the guy, he's, he's going to the space station, and he gets up there, right? And then he's like, all of a sudden, he's like getting it to where it's lining up, and you see the thing, and it's lining up so he can connect to something, and all of a sudden it just takes over because he got close enough. I don't know science stuff, so magnets maybe. All of a sudden it just pulls it in, right? And then, shh. I almost feel like that, you know, once we stay in this and we're being drawn to God's grace, this mercy we're receiving, this love that we're receiving from God, this perfect gift from him. And I love this, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Most feel like we've already been to the time of need. Could have been a setup. Could have been preseason. Could have been prepping you for something bigger. We we never need to get comfortable. We always need to be looking because our enemy is not comfortable. Our enemy is vicious wanting to destroy us and kill us, take every opportunity to pull us away or draw us away from God. We see here that if we maintain ourselves in this confidence that we are living with, and it's hard, brothers and sisters, because like David, like David almost slipped, he said, when I saw the wicked, Advancing when I saw the wicked, how come they got the promotion? I hear the way they talk. How come they got the blessing? I hear the way they are. I don't ever hear them giving God glory. And our, our, our eyes are looking to be pleased where our spirit should be satisfied and rejoicing. Because we felt his arms around us. And there's some things that money cannot buy and materialistic things cannot give you. That only God can give you. If we could turn to 2 Kings 7. 2 Kings 7, 1. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make the windows of in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, Thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but not eat thereof. Brothers and sisters, look, we're living in a time where it ain't about miracles. 
People don't want a miracle anymore. There's a time right here that was a struggle. People were dying. People were challenged. I mean, when you get to a point where your, your, your cannibalism is the highest thing on the menu, And you see man, a man here, and, and, and this would be considered a wise man because it was somebody that the king needed to have to give him advice on ruling the people and ruling the community. And it doesn't matter the wisdom that you see. Don't be so impressed with the wisdom that you see here on earth. Don't be impressed when you see that. Because even the wisest man Why not have the grace from God or knowledge from God? Instead, look, you had a man of God here, and Elisha, I think it was Elisha, Elijah. <laughs> I always get those two. Saying what God had given them and yet being questioned. Now, brothers and sisters, why I bring this up? Because we see here Elijah telling the people of God, in a, in a discouraged time, look, 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 look. This is the lane we're going to stay in. God's been good to us. God has answered our prayers. God has been with us. Stay in this. And then you start to hear the noise coming, the distraction that wants to distract you, something that wants to turn the people of God to question But we see here, this person says this and uses a term, and, and, and this is what's amazing, right? Uses even a term that could be spiritual. It's a spiritual man he's talking to, man of God he's talking to. So he says, well, there's windows in heaven. God's going to open them? The only way this is going to happen, we're in bad shape here, man. You ain't got nothing better than that? And sometimes in these moments that are difficult, that are challenging, moments that they want to pull and, and shift you around, moments that you start to trust in your heart more than in what you know about God, how powerful, how mighty he is. It's a terrible thing to fall into his hands. The beginning of man is to fear the Lord, and it's also the end of man. It's the beginning and the end. We see here this man makes a comment that instantly could have changed an outcome. What I love about this is that while this is all happening, and we've read this before, we've heard this before, while all this is happening, you got some cats outside of the city, right? If, if you ever look up leopard, you know, that's, it's going to pull up a cat on Google, so Google leopard. It had leprosy. And these guys are hanging outside, right? It's amazing that these individuals that had gone through some stuff, and remember, they were outcasts, and you, don't know what it, you might not know what it is to be an outcast. You may, have, you, may have, you, know, you may have dated the homecoming queen. Those, those guys usually are an outcast, popular guys. But you may have never experienced problems. They're likable. But these guys right here had experienced a challenging time in their lives. They, they, they could not get close to people. It, it was forbidden. They were cursed. They had nothing. It doesn't say they had faith. They had nothing to lose. They didn't know what was going on. They may not even heard what was happening. But we read here, on verse 3 it says, And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Verse 4. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. These guys are pretty smart guys. You know what? They're struggling. They're, 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 they're not dumb. They're like, look, why are we going to go into the city? Everybody's dying in this city. 
Why would we do this? And if we sit here, still here, we die also. So we die in the city, we die sitting here. It says right here, now therefore come, let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Now, brothers and sisters, this was not a religious move. God's not trying to show you here. Go to your enemies and just ask them for mercy. You see, because God is showing here that he will use anything to prove a point. He will use measures that you can't even imagine that this was, you know, people are in the city and they're, they're hearing all this stuff. And they're like, tomorrow this is what's being said. I don't know. One guy said this and it kind of makes sense. He's the, he's the wise guy for the, king to, for, for the king. You know, and there's probably a lot of murmuring going on. But God was already setting up something. Using people that shouldn't have been set up for this. Because they had nothing to lose. So we see here in verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. Sounds like the window of heaven cracked open a little bit. Gotta imagine if heaven's window cracks open a little bit, you start to hear all this stuff. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the, king of the, and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. If we confess our sins, oh, wait. <laughs> For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear this. And they ran, right? And they took off. So when God, I didn't care what that man said. I didn't care what this man said publicly after God's word was spoken publicly. God started preparing something. And you see, brothers and sisters, there's times that we hear this, we hear the noise, we hear the doubt, we hear the complaining, we've been patiently waiting, and and, and somebody here in church says something, and it's it's your season, it's your time, and and we, we respond that way because we're just fatigued and we're worn out. And you, you, I, I've been, I've been praising. I've been doing, I've been doing this so long. I just don't know. How's he going to do it? And we got to be prepared for that moment when that word comes from God, and confidently come to His throne of grace, or we could be like this gen- gentleman here. And miss out. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on this, brothers and sisters. I want to be able to receive from God in due time. Amen? If we turn to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is a confidence verse. If we confess what we're going through, then we need to trust that he's going to forgive us. You see, brothers and sisters, this is your lane. This is your lane. This is your lane. You see, some of us, we start getting out of the lane because we're like, I don't know if God loves me anymore. I don't know if God forgave me. We do what the word of God said here. We trust in him and say, hey, brothers and sisters, pray for me. And our confidence must be that we are forgiven. The enemy wants to create something in us 
Or first of all, we won't speak. Because if we turn to Genesis 1, what does it say? What does the very first verse say in Genesis 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? You see, because God started to speak existence. And we find ourselves many times, brothers and sisters, not speaking existence into our lives, muted, and we use a lot of good excuses. Oh, man, we got some good excuses here, don't we? You got to dig deep because there's no good excuse to give God glory or to ask for forgiveness. When we know that God's grace and mercy is what we desire. Help us, God, to not use the shy card or I'm not so good at this card when it's something else. Because again, Hebrews 4.16, let us with confidence, confidence pushes away any kind of mindset that we have while we don't do things. Confidence is what we must draw to. Confidence is what's brought you here and has kept you together this long. Confidence in God. Not confidence in yourself. Confidence in God's here. God's listening to you. God's not done yet. It's not over yet. We find ourselves sometimes and we're looking around and we're like, is this it, God? Is this it? Is this the way it's going to be? We could just hear God respond back saying, is this what you want? Is this where you want it to be? Because the closer you get to me, the closer I get to you. And things change. And I want things to change for me. And if I want things to change for me, I've got to change for me. If we turn to John 5, 1. We read here. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Verse 2. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called the Hebrew tongue, Beth Esda, having five porches. In these lay great multitude of impotent folk, of blind halt waiting for the moving of the water. Now, brothers and sisters, so we understand this. There's a place in Jerusalem where there's a lot of handicap signs. And people park themselves there. And they're waiting for God to move. They're waiting for the waters to move. They, they believed an angel would come and move the waters. And they knew that God was there. And they would all want to go in there for healing. And I want you to picture this, that there's a place and all there is is brokenness there. There's a place, and, and you've got to believe it's not a place where people are just, you know, uh, excited and, and all these different things. It's, it's got to be a lot of, ooh, ah, uh, mm. Moaning and groaning. And it's understandable. But in this place, that Jesus went to. We see that there's a man there that Jesus is going to talk to, and we keep on reading. For an angel went down in a certain season into the pool, and it says, interesting, it says a certain season, so they did not know, and the troubled water, and whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now, this is very key. Whoever, whoever moved and whoever stepped in, It's challenging at times when you start to hear what qualifies you to receive this miracle and you can't do it. It's challenging and discouraging when you start to hear what the rules are and you can't play by them. 
But there's a reason that Jesus went there and painted this picture of a place of people that were broken. You see, Jesus goes to the broken places. This should excite some of us. Some of us should be encouraged because if we have family members, if we have friends, if we have uh, loved ones and it's broken, then guess where Jesus is at? But see, we don't, we don't switch to that because, again, we're, getting, we're not wanting to see a miracle anymore. We're wanting to see a two-day delivery of something quick. If it didn't happen quick, then it's not going to happen. And we must challenge our faith and build our in our God and our love for him. And the way we used to believe that the waters would open up and the mountains would move. We've got to believe it till it happens and speak it into existence. And the power of the tongue. We're the crazy people that talk crazy in here. I want to talk to a crazy person. And you're always talking about that. What's going to happen? That's why I talk about it. We must talk about speaking things into existence instead of being embarrassed about talking about it. Speak into existence. And we see here, and we keep on reading here, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case to him. Will you be made whole? Now, this man had no idea who Jesus was, and Jesus already knew what his desire was. But Jesus is looking around, seeing all these people. And it's a lot different when you're around a lot of people because you hear a lot of things. And our God could do everything. But he gives us the opportunity to decide things. And he didn't hold Adam and Eve there handcuffed and said, don't eat from that tree. They were handcuffed and muzzled. He told them, Don't eat from that tree. And he let them freely decide. Could you imagine how world, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. We all, we might have not have needed all these things. We might have all just been at a garden right now, right? Could you imagine that, Brother Richard? Beautiful garden in Eden. We wouldn't have needed all this fancy stuff. There would be no need for which has been a harmonious heaven. But this lane that they were asked to stay in, the voices started pulling them. The doubts started challenging them to move. And Jesus asked this question to a man that was there for a purpose of healing. He was there to be healed. And I find this amazing because we come here to church and we have a need and we have, and we have a desire and, 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 and sometimes Jesus has to ask you, do you want this? And why is Jesus asking this man if he wants this? The man's there, but, but, but Jesus knew something. Because it's not just about being there. It's not just about being there. It's where you at in here. Where's your confidence at? Do you believe? Or do the rules discourage you? Some of us getting discouraged because we're starting to see how they're viewing us, how they're viewing God, feeling we're outnumbered when we're not. 
Because if you look in the hills, God, open up their eyes to see that there are many for us. Confidence. Confidence. Give me the words to say, God, what I need to say. And we keep on reading here, brother. The important man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. Okay, hold on a second. Okay, so the rules are discouraging here because you heard when the, when, the, when the water starts to get troubled, you need to make your way there. And this man said, why is he there then? Why, why not go indoors somewhere? Go find a place. Get out, get out of the sun. It's hot. And he says to him, he goes, I, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Do you see my state, sir? Uh, when I'm trying to get there, people are cutting in front of me because they can move, they can walk, they can step, and I can't. You see, see, Jesus doesn't need to hear what your challenge is. He needs your confidence that's going to keep you in your lane. The problem is, is that we're losing our confidence. And this man right here, and it's a beautiful, and, and he's painting it, and we can hear it, and we're like, oh, you know, it's true. How could he get there? Jesus wasn't asking that. Jesus didn't ask, how are you going to get there? He asked him if he wanted to be healed. He said, how are you going to get there? Tell me the story. But the key to this is that this man didn't recognize who Jesus was. wasn't a lord there wasn't a messiah there was a sir in his response and we keep on reading jesus said to him rise take up thy bed and walk and i love this and i've brought a message on this before and i'm not staying on this too long but i love that jesus is like you know jesus hears him he hears the excuse but it didn't matter see it didn't matter because jesus was here and this is the time where jesus was building the ministry and making us understand and reflect on things. But he tells him a couple of here. He says, he first of all tells him to rise. And the guy ain't going to rise. The guy just told Jesus, I can't rise. I can't get there. But then he tells him, you know what? When you rise, make sure you clean up your, after yourself. Because if you're rising and you're leaving something there, then guess what you're going to want to do again? You're going to want to go back to where you were at and lay down where you were at. So he says, get up and take your stuff. And see, Jesus is telling us that sometimes, but sometimes we don't listen. And we still leave behind comfort things that we can go back to. Habitual moments. Things that we could just go back to, my safety zone. And Jesus tells him, rise up, take up your bed, and let's keep on reading. And immediately, the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, brothers and sisters, and immediately, we read here. You see, because when you have confidence, that's what God, God needed to hear you say what, 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 what the challenge was. But you know what made the healing happen impossible was the action. God could see by looking around that everybody was challenged there, but he wanted to hear the man say something. He wanted to hear what was inside of him. The discouragement was inside of him. But when God asked him to do it, he did it. And immediately the man was made whole. He didn't just walk away and leave his bed there. Took up his bed and walked on the same day. You see, brothers and sisters, we're listening too much what the challenge is and not hearing God's voice telling us how to handle the challenge. And there we go again into another lane. Being pulled. 
And you see these messages is not the first time we heard it. You've, we've heard them a lot of different ways. And, and that's the little nudge that pushes you back into your lane, right? Oh, thank you, Jesus. There we go again. Getting discouraged. Needing a little nudge. Because our confidence, confidence is struggling. Struggling in your confidence. Oh, no, no, I got it. Don't mistake in pride for confidence. You can have pride until you're broke. Confidence. Confidence makes you want to encounter the giant. You believe in God. And that God's going to be there and God's going to do it. God needs you to move. And that's the challenge we have, is we want God to do it all. I just want to stay here praying. And God says, I need you. I need you four guys to start walking down. I need you to start doing what my will was going to be. If we turn to Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, when God says that he will supply what we need, you would have expected to hear a church start to praise God and, and, and say hallelujah. But again, the numbness comes and the lack of confidence comes. But if I would have said, you know what, brothers and sisters, we're going to pay for your taxes here. Ah! No taxes this year. Ah! We miss out something here. This is where we're lacking stuff. This is what's getting us out of our lane because we read here that God's going to supply for us. Well, I just don't know this stuff. I don't feel this stuff. This is where the confidence is lacking, and it's getting you in other lanes. And God says, get back to the basics of things. I don't need you studying in Revelations right now about what's going to come if you can't even get to Revelations. you got to get to today. And your confidence has to be encouraged. We lack confidence. We lack confidence. Many things that pull our confidence away. Oh, many challenges. Oh, we just could instead of listening to the challenges, listen to the word of God and build our confidence. Oh, we don't know what we do sometimes to our families with our lack of confidence. We can only pray for things so long when it's us. It's us that needs to turn it on. I want God to do something. I don't want to have to go to a place and wait for waters to move. I want to trust in God that God's going to move the waters in me. There goes the struggle still. The struggle is me. I blame so many things. I look at so many things, but it's me. I call it this. I have this. I have that. It's this and that. It's this, that. It's me. Struggle. God created me to be wiser than anything that's. See a brother here, you know, Renee raising his hand in the utmost pain, praising God. I'm feeling guilty. I'm up here directing and I'm seeing someone who's praising the Lord because he believed that it wasn't his time that it was going to happen, but it was going to be the right time when it happened. I'm up here, we're struggling, we're struggling. Too much stuff, too many lanes. We're on a super highway. I was driving a rental car in going to park outside of New York City and take the train in. And I got on a super freeway. Six lanes. And the persons, the people that we were with, 
this person was from there and they were going to tell us where to park at so we didn't have to drive into the city. And I see we're getting closer and closer to the city and I look to the person and I'm going, are we driving in the city? And they look at me, the person that was supposed to tell me, and they go, yes, we are. Why? Because we were on one side and the exit was all the way over here. And it was bumper to bumper. And what happens to us we get so accustomed to moving our lane thinking that we'll shift lanes real quickly. <gasps> what that happens, I'm going to go in my lane. It doesn't work that way. There's lessons to be learned in our lives that we must experience them, and, and it's enough, enough of this stuff. It's time for us to gain confidence and be encouraged. Enough, enough, enough. Even the people in the worst cases aren't aren't, aren't, aren't aren't being distracted by the worst cases. Get this confidence in God and, and, and dust yourself off and, 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 and achieve what God has purposed you. This man, God wanted to hear if the man knew his state but was still willing to listen. And I gotta believe, and, and a church got to ignite in its faith when you hear that God is gonna supply to your needs. You see, it, 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 what happens is it, it, there's so many things that we could use right now, and it's just like, brother, you don't understand my day, you don't understand this, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. But when you hear something from God that's saying this, this is what God is looking for, this is the action He's looking for. We do not draw closer to God when we give repetitive lack of praise or excitement in God. We stay in place. We don't move. And God doesn't move. But I want to move God tonight. Oh, I believe, bro. Oh, I mean, I, you know, Brother Renee, I don't know what he's got plugged into him tonight. I know when I used to hear pastor talk about his testimony of how inside something was living, something was excited just to hear God's word and to know that God's there. If we turn to John 2, 1. And in the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you to do, do it. And there was a set of six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out, of the draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants withdrew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when the men have well drunk, we give them the worst. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Brothers and sisters, we see here, this could be noted as God's first miracle. Jesus' first miracle. And we see here 
something that Jesus was showing us, and it's deeper than just these verses that we just read. You see, first of all, he's invited to a marriage, so we can instantly think of what God thinks of marriages. Right? Beginning, he draws woman out of man. His first miracle, he's at a wedding. You start putting things together, you start thinking, you know, all these things, but the value that Jesus says has on a marriage. And I started kind of thinking, you know, what kind of value do I put in my marriage? We see here that he, he refers to his, his mother. He says, woman. John says his mother. He says, woman, what do I have with thee? My time's not yet. My hour's not yet. And instead of having a dialogue and a conversation back and forth, she just turns right after that, leaves the message, turns and tells the people that are going to get involved in this miracle that they need to do whatever he tells them to do. You see, brothers and sisters, there's sometimes we're asking God for things and we have doubts in us that God would do this thing, but we still got to have action that it could be done. Okay, see, because I, I want to clarify that a little bit because, I, you know, sometimes I'll see that look and it's like, well, I don't know. Is that the will of God? Well, see, right here, you see, Mary had a response that we would have questioned. Is this the will of God? Because Jesus is like, woman, what do I have from thee? But she turned around and asked, is her faith? See, God, God, <laughs> I can't read his mind right here, but I'm believing here because he does it. He's encouraged by the fact that Mary came and asked him and believed. And even after hearing this, well, e- 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 even the crumbs that fall on the floor, sir, don't the dogs eat them? And what's amazing by this is that it wants to give relevance to what, what was happening here, that, that, uh, that these gallons of water now that were turned into wine, that when the person that's managing the wedding, the governor, tastes them, starts to look like, hey, cheapo, you're supposed to give this stuff at the beginning. This has been the best. And you served it at the end. You see, brothers and sisters, we cannot come here and ever think that we know what God is thinking or what God's going to do. We got to come here knowing that he's God and that whatever he does, he's going to make a statement. And we come here sometimes in our doubts there. We come here sometimes And we have a lot of things that are happening that are just taking us into lanes, distracting us, questioning things. I was always intrigued by this because this is the second chapter of John. After John 1, that we all know, the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. The Word was God. Right into 2, he's in a wedding. We see something. This is the only God. This is the only miracle in the Gospels. It's not in the other Gospels. We see something here that God is showing that there's many times we're discouraged by a lot of comments, a lot of things that are going on, a lot of things that are being said. That our confidence. And and I like this because how's Mary coming over here asking God to do something unless she knows that God can do something? Oh, 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 who touched me moment? Who drew power from me moment? So Mary does this not knowing that it wasn't his time or hour, but just knowing what her faith she was going to and see brothers and sisters there's times that we find ourselves and our faith is lacking because we just we got so many things that are that are that are against against it it just doesn't make sense it doesn't add up it doesn't do this and jesus is like 
Where's your confidence at? I'm showing you something. I'm asking you to believe in something. Childlike faith. But we're lacking this nudge from him. And we've got to turn this thing back on, brothers and sisters. Because the lanes are growing wider. And we know that the lane needs to be narrow. So I ask you this evening, if you found yourself and you're discouraged and you found yourself and you're just confused and you don't know what's going on, the first thing you need to do is ask yourself, and this is kind of a self-diagnosis, am I in my lane? And, and, and then you go, you go, you go back, what, what's happened in my lanes, and then you ask yourself, is this the lane that God has called me to be in? And see, it's amazing because God, you know, through his Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit does, right? It's a guide. It's guidance. It's guidance. It's guidance for us. And if we find out we're not in our lane, it's pretty simple just to say, okay, God, what took me out of my lane? Now these problems, these doubts, all these things started distracting you. You kept your eyes off the road. You started looking down at things. You looked at this a lot. You looked at that a lot. And there you go. Now you're somewhere else. It's easy now. It's easy now. Look, 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 look. I'm giving you an opportunity to get back in your, the lane that I purposed you, the lane that I'm going to bless you in, the lane that I've got planned for you. You don't need to wait years for what I have for you next week, tomorrow, tonight. If you get back in your lane. And our prayer should be, God, guide my heart. Through your word, correct me, direct me. Show me, speak to me. So that I can hear your voice, Jesus, and know it's your voice. And that I can have confidence in knowing it's your voice, Jesus. And I lack confidence, God, because I'm here. And when I hear that you will supply to all my needs, and I can't even praise you or glorify you, and I just look around, and everybody's got to understand that I've got a bad migraine right now, and I'm hurting here, and I've done this. And, and, and that's not going to inspire God. What inspires God is that even if we burn, what inspires God is swinging a stone. What inspires God is denying ourselves. And we've got great examples. And we've had great examples here. And no matter what doctors say, no matter what family says, no matter what church members might have said, I don't know. I'm going to trust in God because God's going to make a way. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? I'm going to ask the group to pass on up. What's amazing, in, in most vehicles, you can turn on or off this tool or this lane assist. And I think, brothers and sisters, that we've got to make sure that we are looking to see spiritually what it's turned to right now. It's sad when you start to see someone changing. It's sad when you start to see a different type of joy, a, a different type of faith. It's sad when you see these things, when they're not taken seriously, when we don't hold value to it. But I tell you one thing, brothers and sisters, that God gives us an opportunity because of his grace, because of his mercy, 
Why don't we all pass up, brothers and sisters, and, and with prayer ask God to bless us this evening, to strengthen us, and to give us our confidence back so that we can trust in him and we can believe in him. And if you're lacking this confidence and if you've been lacking Vision to see God. Pray, God, give me my vision back to see you, to feel you again, Jesus, to trust you again.